This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. I'm trying to not ask, how are you? Uh, I think in in past episodes, I've asked, how am I? But that also seems like an unfair question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask you this. What is the most peaceful color to you? Ooh, um, Blue. Blue. Okay. Like what kind of blue? Mm, yeah, kind of like a muted, almost like a... Somewhere this is a weird description, like between a blue blue between a blue blue. Between a gray blue and a blue green. <laughs> I know, that makes no sense. Uh, it's but not I'm that it doesn't make it. sense. I'm just uh, amused that you'd structured it in the most difficult way to say possible. <laughs> a gray blue blue or a blue green. I find many shades of blue very relaxing. <laughs> but ye, I do like that you gravitate a little bit more to uh it sounds like uh, uh tones found in nature, like uh water or sky yeah yeah i think water is kind of what i was thinking of of something that's like because there's peaceful blues but there's also energetic blues like there's the blues that make you want to like a shiny blue sky you want to like go outside and skip and dance and frolic yeah there's frolicking blue for sure yeah and then there's others that are just like hi it's time to relax now just take a nice deep breath yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting to me to hear what other people's version of peaceful blue is. Blue is my favorite color, but when I think of peaceful colors, uh, sometimes there's like a calm blue that hospitals is are hospitals is that <laughs> hospitals are that make me cranky because it feels like walls trying to be like shh, don't worry about it. And like, don't oh yeah, tell me how to feel. Wall. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. So we have. A peaceful topic to talk about uh, on this recording, this episode, which is great. Because I'm going to be perfectly honest with our listeners. I have an in- had an incredibly busy day <laughs> as we record. And I partially asked you about the calming color. Uh, so I could try to calm down as we go into our <laughs> podcast about a fun, peaceful thing. Uh, we are going to talk about something that you are definitely far more knowledgeable than I am. And I think far more obsessed than I am. I don't know if I am obsessed at all and we will discover as we go we are going to talk about flowers this was a suggestion from you uh we had a couple different topics um that we were going to possibly tackle uh for this particular episode uh but that was one that you offered as something that you are legitimately obsessed with right now um yeah i mean we use a very loose definition of obsessed um so kind of like interested in yeah i need you to be clinically obsessed bring the doctor's (laughs) note uh no, no. Okay. So I am not an expert at all. I know nothing, uh, next to nothing about flowers. Some of the things I think I know are probably wrong. Very, very flower ignorant. So if you had to describe flowers to aliens, or I guess me, uh, how would you describe flowers? Oh, you know, I don't know why I don't pre-think about this question. I should, but I didn't. <laughs> so here we go. Um, I would explain that flowers to you my alien friend. <laughs> so um, flowers are something that have color other than green, usually. And that is, um, they have petals of multiple shapes and um, designs and styles. They can be small, they can be large. We often see them as beautiful. They also do have functional purposes, at least some of the time. 
I don't know. I honestly don't know if it's all the time or not. That's such a boring. Why do I always go to clinical? Like, let me take out as much of the passion as possible. I guess you're assuming that the theoretical aliens in the question are like, uh, they lean toward Vulcans, like yeah. Spock, where they're like, we would like the information. Yeah, like justify flowers. <laughs> but I think you actually did cover like this, the essential thing that there obviously there are uh, functions and uses. <laughs> that I don't know about, uh, but I know they exist. Uh, but also, like, the the aesthetic beauty is a huge part of how they exist in our culture. And that's the part mm-hmm. that I am more familiar with and interested in is the, you know, not the science of flowers, but uh, our relationship with them as humans and what we get out of them and what we write about them and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm you, you, I think you covered the basis because an alien could go like, yeah, we're not interested in that artsy stuff about beauty. Uh, let's talk about the <laughs> science. Uh, or you could get real artsy aliens. Yeah. So I feel like hopefully I've opened the door to um, there is a whole world within the world of flowers. Which path <laughs> would you like to take? <laughs> a choose your own flower adventure. Uh, not surprisingly, I am going to take the path that I often do on Obsessed. And my next question is going to be about your early childhood memories. <laughs> what are your earliest memories of flowers? Yeah. Um, so this is um, this is cheating a little bit. I have I have there are photos of myself with flowers from before I can remember. Mm. Um, but I was reaching out and trying to touch the flowers, which I know kids do. Like that's a toddler thing. You're gonna reach out and want to touch the flowers. But I have a photo um, of myself with my grandma that I love, and I've probably like two. And um, my grandma, my mom's mom, um, was a fan of flowers as well. And uh, it's a picture of her showing her granddaughter the tulips at the side of the house. And I'm just like reaching out. And it's just like to me when I look at it, I'm like, uh, yeah, probably it's just like a kid wanting to touch something. But I'm like, ooh, pretty colors, pretty flower. (laughs) I want to be closer. Like how do I get my little face inside that tulip <laughs> you wanted to be one with the tulip i think i kind of did so so there's that um can i ask I, a question about that before absolutely you move on? please what color were the tulips right because tulips can be lots of different colors right? they can be yeah i believe they and this i mean again this is totally from a photograph yeah on um, the re- red and yellow oh wow so yeah. like very vibrant very vibrant mcdonald's tulips red and yellow <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Ketchup and mustard. Ketchup and mustard. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's lovely. Do you you only remember that photo? You don't have any memory. You're too young to have a memory. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, too nice. young. But um, I re- I really remember. Really remember. Hello. Um, you know, kind of as I as I think about early memories, I have a lot of memories actually about flowers, um, in the house that my family lived in when I was, you know, kind of of that age when you start to remember, I don't know, what, three, four? Yeah. Like, um, and I have a lot of memories of what flowers we would try to plant in the yard and would they live? Would they not? There were tulips there also. (laughs) Um, There were bleeding hearts, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Can you remind me what bleeding hearts look like? Yeah. And what their function is? (laughs) So bleeding hearts are an early spring flower. Um, or they're one of the earlier ones in the Midwest, at least. And they, um, they're almost like a, a small shrub, but they've got a, the twig, the branch, has multiple, what I will call the flowers on them. Again, not scientific explanations, but they look, they're like little dropped down hearts. Oh, right, right. And they most often are pink, but there's ones that are white or different combinations of pink and white. And they're just like, they're beautiful and delicate 
And uh, I don't know, there, there was something I think just very magical and romantic to me about them as a child that has just carried with me through yeah i mean the the name's pretty romantic (laughs) like it's almost like i don't know if i should tell a kid that's what they're called i mean like (laughs) it's pretty intense yeah yeah uh do bees land on those you know that's a great question um i don't know i haven't (laughs) i haven't sat and looked at a bleeding heart for a while to see if bees were on it okay i feel like it's i mean they they feel like a very pollinator attracting plant okay because they've got multiple colors and they've got like an interesting shape so i feel like they've gotta right but i don't know for sure okay you'd think that bees at least want to check them out Mm -hmm. like hey what's the deal with this flower yeah yeah uh so you said you have lots of memories uh from your youth Mm -hmm. uh is it mostly uh, any any other specific ones or yeah so um we um, part of our yard was shaded, and so that was all, that's always been one of the questions of my youth growing up in you know houses of like what will grow where there's shade because mm. a lot of the flowers that you think of um, need sun, right? Um, so spring flowers like tulips um, and bulbs are are a different thing than things like bleeding hearts that come out before the leaves on the trees come out. That's great. But then you have to have your shade flowers so you get into your, you know, salvias and things. But a lot of the flowers that people think of. That's a um, villain in James Bond, right? (laughs) Salvia? Yeah. And also that lived in our front yard. Did I not mention that? (laughs) I lived by a James Bond villain. (laughs) Um, But I feel like a lot of the flowers like roses that people know need a lot of sun. Um, Mm. I also always liked um, like both violets that would grow naturally. I would... I loved going and picking violets um, and you can eat violets. So that, so then um, as I got a little bit older, I discovered that. So I would remember go like, there's a certain, I mean, I think you can eat the whole thing, but there's a certain part of the violet that was the sweet part. So when you discovered that, does that mean like you were just out there eating, eating flowers or do you feel like somebody told you? Uh, like, somebody told me. Since you're trying to put all these in your mouth anyway, this is the one that you can? Or, <laughs> um, I mean, I think when I heard that, I was probably in middle school. Or, oh, okay. Or like late elementary school. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I don't remember. I mean, it was probably a friend, but I was like, okay, sure, I'll eat it. <laughs> um, which, you know, some flowers are poisonous, so you do want to be careful which ones you eat. I would definitely not just go around eating plants. Yeah. yeah or flowers, rather. Uh, or plants. Uh, but flowers in specific. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that you were excited about sh- that you had a lot of shade. So you're excited about which kind of flowers would grow in the shade. Well, I've just I feel like it was a conversation in that my parents had and I was interested in. So I would talk to my dad about it or I'd be like, well, which ones are we going to try this year? Because okay, it was to see kind of, what would work in the shade. Yeah, because um, to get the f- the flowers, a lot of times you need sun. And so like the blooms you have a lot, not all, and, you know, certainly, you know, there's more things available depending on where you're living and all of that. And we had many, many wonderful flowers um, in our garden. But but that was one of the questions because I, I think as for myself as a kid, like we would go to the, you know, nursery or whatever, we would go buy flowers and be like, well, what about that one? And be like, that one needs full sun and we don't have full sun. What about that one? That one needs full So it was just like a thing that got into my head early on. Okay. And that makes sense that, that they weren't, obviously they were aesthetic beauty to you. Uh, at least the violets were a, a thing to eat. <laughs> and aesthetically, uh, I, lo- I love violets. Yeah. But, uh, but also it sounds like from a young age, you were presented with a means to engage with them in terms of, you know, kind of making it a mission of like, which ones will do well. Yeah. 
And I think I just, I loved, in fact, I'd forgotten about this. I had my um, bedroom curtains had flowers on them, like big tulips. Oh, okay. Also, because um, I, I, I think I just really liked tulips in like particular. That image, yeah. 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 Um, and to me, they were just of something that like stories could be made up about of like, what creatures lived in the flowers. Oh, yeah. Much like uh, the woods we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When that, and that makes sense. Uh, I think for me, I I struggle with figuring out my relationship with some nature. Because, like, I think things that make sense from a story or feel mysterious. Like, I like the woods a lot, you know, as a kid. But when you're talking about that photo of yourself, I remember there's a photo of me. Uh, I haven't seen it in years. Uh, but all I really remember about it is I'm sitting on a lawn and I think I'm attempting to sit only on my diaper and balance with my legs in the air so my legs don't touch the grass. Uh-huh. Like I was like, oh, God, gross grass. <laughs> uh, so I think that I always had a little bit of struggle with nature. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think flowers, uh, I, there was I, I obviously was aware of them because you see them physically in the world. You see, I remember... The cartoon character Ziggy, I think I had some sort of pillowcase where Ziggy had a flower. Uh-huh. But the when I was racking my brain for like my childhood flower memories, it was never a focus. It, you know, it wasn't a part. My family didn't have anything like what you're describing where there's a reason for a kid to go, oh, I can help pick them out every year in which one will work out. There wasn't anything to kind of engage me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my main flower memory is playing the dandelion game about butter. Did mm. you do that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was trying to Google it to see if that was like a widespread thing to do about the rubbing dandelion uh, to see if you like butter, right? Uh-huh. If your chin turns yellow, you like butter? Yep. <laughs> it <laughs> popped up right away of dandelion chin butter, which just sounds like some grunge band from the 90s. But uh, <laughs> did did you enjoy that game? Were you weirded out by that game? How did you feel about that game? I mean, I think I enjoyed it the first few times, which probably means like the first summer or two. And then I maybe felt a little bit like, okay, but we know we all like butter. (laughs) Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah, let's figure out another mystery, right? Yeah. Let's rub another flower on our face to find out (laughs) if we like pork or whatever it is. Um, So did you feel encouraged to like flowers as a kid? Like, obviously, it sounds like you were engaging, that you naturally liked them, that Mm -hmm. you worked to figure out which ones would would grow well in your yard that you had them visually uh like on the curtains and things like that did you feel like it was encouraged like this is a this is a good thing to be interested in oh yeah absolutely and you know i think a lot of it for me was just the aesthetic like they were pretty um and i had a coloring book um when I, I don't know, at some point, that was one of those like stained glass coloring books, but, and it was of flowers and they were a little bit more, like I was graduating into slightly more detailed uh, coloring. And so I would take them and I would trace the different flowers Mm. and learn how to draw like flocks and dahlias and, you know, all these different types of flowers. Um, And so I really liked that as a different way of engaging with it. You are, have a very um artistic bent and are were have always been a good good at drawing mm-hmm. and that has never been a skill that I felt like I had so this was a way of like I did not feel like I would be able to capture what flowers actually looked like if I tried to draw them Got it. um or you know paint them or anything so it was a really fun way for me to be like oh I can create the shape because I'm kind of learning what lines create these like these particular flowers that I would Learn and I like I remember tracing the flocks one over which flocks uh, is um, 
five letter word starts with ph so super oh, fun h-l-o-x yeah exactly okay, i've seen that and yeah. i did that. that is such a sci-fi word what is flox yeah they're often like blues and purples we have come to get your flowers sorry (laughs) i mean they kind of seem like they should have multiple eyes and like a mouth in a weird place (laughs) because they're they're like um they look to me uh like bunches of kind of individual flowers that come together as a head of flowers okay um but they're really fun. They were easy to draw, but also looked like, oh, she can do more than a tulip. <laughs> okay. And you said their colors are like blue and red? Blue and blues and purples are the ones that I'm familiar with. They might come in other colors as well. So there we go. Calming flowers. <laughs> yeah, that sounds absolutely, absolutely calming to, mm. to try to draw the flocks. I think that's probably one of my main relationships with flowers as I got uh, a little bit older into my teen years is uh, trying to figure out how to draw a rose because I knew you're supposed to give roses uh, uh, for me to girls that I liked, uh, and I didn't know I didn't know where one would get a rose unless you just found one <laughs> on the street. <laughs> we didn't go to flower shops or anything like that. I, I'm sure I saw them in a grocery store or whatever. But it's like ah, I can just draw a rose and I'll give a girl a piece of paper with a picture of a rose on it. I mean that's good. Yeah, impressive. So I can imagine drawing drawing the rose now. Um, how do flowers pay, play into your job right now, into your adult life? <laughs> well, funny you should ask, because um, before I came home from work today, I had to record a video. Um, and I was like, hey, wait, I've been telling people for the last week, like, hey, enjoy these flowers now because they only bloom for two weeks. So I actually spent five minutes recording a video of flowers <laughs> right before we came wow. home um, and watching a bee crawl all the way up into the, um, I believe the trumpet flowers and hoping that the bee would do that on my video. It did not. The bee did not, <laughs> did not perform for the camera, but um, I, I work in a garden and so there's a lot of flowers around. Dealing with the flowers is not my job, uh, which is great for the flowers because <laughs> I, I love the concept of flowers. I like the idea of being able to grow things, I don't feel like I have a particularly green thumb. And so um, I think it's it's great that I get to enjoy them and get to be around other people who enjoy them and that it's not my job to keep them alive. Yeah, so you can enjoy them aesthetically. And mm-hmm. obviously we've talked before uh, on the podcast about the meditation videos you make. You were just mentioning one of them. So mm-hmm. it, uh, has it increased your interest in flowers or your love of them that Again, you have this concrete way to engage with them. I think it's reinvigorated it. Mm. I don't. I don't think it went away, but I think it has. Necess- and I don't think it has necessarily increased. But I think there were just other things that were taking my focus. Um, because it's kind of like it's a reawaken. Like, oh yeah. yeah, I love this. Yeah. Do you have favorite flowers at uh, the park? Mm. Well, I love lavender. Um, I absolutely love lavender and I can sit and watch it. I mean, I could watch it all day and be happy. What does it do? It just waves in the wind and <laughs> bees come, especially when you've got like good full grown lavender and you've got oftentimes you'll have like the nice rose of lavender. Mm. Um, and we have some right now. We've just replanted it uh, this winter because it was time to take out the old lavender and put a new lavender. So it's it's not at its full. Like they're small individual plants, but once it gets to be that like big long row of lavender, mm. um, I absolutely love that. Yeah. So uh, that that sounds very beautiful uh, and very sincerely peaceful. Unlike the hospital walls trying to calm <laughs> me down, and I don't want to be calmed down. Um, 
I know when we've gone to other big gardens in the Los Angeles area, like the Huntington and Descanso, um, Mm -hmm. that uh, obviously there are plants and trees and foliage of all kinds. Uh, But then there's also sometimes the specific flower displays or like those the areas where it's like uh, all of the roses or different kind of flowers with the the different fun, weird names. Um, Would you ever be I know you said that you don't feel like you have a green thumb, but would you ever be interested in being a part of that process of like trying to craft a new rose? I don't I don't have the right verbs. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't I honestly don't know enough about um, propagating would be the word for roses. Um, I believe. I don't know enough about it, although I was listening to a podcast recently that was talking about um, shaping topiary, which is just veering a little bit off of flowers. But now that I'm into because that's just like <laughs> sculpture with green things. Right. But they were talking about how they make um, at this one. It was use uh, Y.E.W., not you, my husband, Joseph, that they were uh, sculpting into topiary and they were talking about how they do it. And I was just like, that's fascinating. And I think to me that's part of where you really get the idea of um, like the idea of apprenticeship and you go in and you train with a master and you mm. really learn these things from a person as well as through trial and error. Then I would maybe be interested. But I think always as a side thing, I, that's never been there's many paths that I wonder like, oh, what would it be like if I had gone down that job path? Yeah. And that's not one that I feel like um, I need to know because <laughs> I don't be think it would have like, gone well. If there were like a a two-day workshop and you just do it for something fun oh that's kind of your level of like oh it'd be fun to have that experience once and see it up close absolutely yeah totally nice uh okay we're gonna get into some weird stuff uh ready we'll we'll see how it goes uh would you like it if flowers never ever died Mm. (coughs) so sorry (coughs) that just caught me off guard in me (laughs) um Wow. You know, I have such a conflicting response right now because I'm so sorry. Part of me thinks like, wow, yeah, I would love them to keep living. But then part of me feels like, no, that's the cycle of life. And I think I think cycle of life, you need them to go away to appreciate them. Um, And I don't know, maybe at different parts of their life, like they give off different. I mean, they don't give off different pollen, but like, I feel like you know, they feed the pollinators. We need the pollinators to keep the food alive. Like I just, um, yeah, I feel like, and the appreciation of them, you know, there's roses like iceberg roses that can bloom on and off for months and months and months on end. And then there's other roses, um, like so many of the roses where people go to rose gardens that really only bloom for a very short period of time. Yeah. And, and they're both magical, but I, I feel like you need them both. It's like, um, like the corpse flower that blooms, what, like once every, I don't know, 75 years or whatever it right. is. Right. I know I have learned about that from you when you were saying, like, did you know the corpse flower is coming? And I was like, am I hallucinating? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, no, I suspected that that would be your, your good and healthy answer. <laughs> uh, I, I wrestle with uh, things like this, and I try to track down where it, where it came from exactly. Obviously, some of it is just you know, mortality stuff of um, the cycle of life is beautiful and it is great when uh, something blooms and you you need to really slow down and enjoy it then and all of the things that, that uh, we say about flowers and that people get from flowers and it's wonderful and the cycle of life and I, I too truly believe in all of those things. But there's that part of me that is just like 
craves permanence. And I don't know if that's a, a, um, a part of the reason that like something like flowers, like having flowers in our home, this is where that, this whole thought and conversation came from. Yeah. Is um, there's, I don't know if it's just because I, maybe I've spent so much of my life being busy with projects <laughs> that kind of bloom and go away. And, yeah. You know, uh, that stuff in my home, like I crave permanence of like, we we put a picture up and now it's there and that's it. And so for me, like the idea of like a flower comes in and it's beautiful for a little while and then it's something else and it's just more work you have to do. <laughs> uh, I struggle with those and I'm sure I'm just I, I'm writing somebody's uh, psychology thesis paper for them <laughs> going on like this. Uh, but that's where it came from of like it it struck me is an interesting uh aesthetic philosophical question of like a part of what a flower is it only blooms for a certain time and we get to wait for it and expect it and enjoy it even more maybe for its impermanence Mm -hmm. but then there's that part of me is like that's so beautiful that's great that's natural it's wonderful what we learn from it but then at the same time if some magician said i made a flower and it (laughs) i made a rose and it never dies i'd be like well perfect (laughs) <laughs> now I'll put where it goes in my house and it'll stay there like that couch I bought I like that couch <laughs> it's not gonna well it'll die eventually too everything <laughs> dies anyway uh, let's get back to flowers yeah that's fascinating how I mean for you is there a difference between a flower that is still attached to the plant versus um, cut flowers mm. when you think about flowers that you want to to live forever I think it's more about bringing them into the home. Like the idea of a flower in the garden yeah. or, or or like if there's like, or like the trees outside, you know, that bloom and, and fall away and, you know, the flowers attached to those, like, no, I don't, I look forward to, oh, in this specific, I'm waiting for a jacaranda tree right. to bloom. And I don't have any anxiety about that. I think it's the thing about bringing it into the, the home. Yeah. You know, I think I just, I struggle with things in life that are about sort of uh, maintenance, you know, <laughs> and I just, uh, I don't know, maybe it is just have years and years and years of multitasking and <laughs> feeling like I get this beauty for a short time, but then it's just something else I have to take care of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I admitted at the top of the podcast that I had a stressful day. <laughs> at least trying to be honest but does that no, make sense it's, it's it it's absolutely a, does it, it is about yeah it's about the thing in in the house it's not about them in nature okay so i have a few follow-up questions and comments okay and then we'll get back to you this is your obsession not my this is <laughs> this is your obsession with flowers not my issues with impermanence inside the home <laughs> well we're having conversation um so when so sometimes one of the ways that i like to experience flowers inside the home is um, like I love when when you can and this is to me a, a newer thing and and I don't know if it's a California thing or if it was around I think we had it in Minnesota too but um, when daffodils first come mm. and you can have because da- I we ha- I can't I'm I, I've lost my ability to speak I can't believe I've made it this far into the podcast without talking about daffodils because I love daffodils <laughs> and I I think it, I think it comes from spending so many years in climates that had a winter. 
um, like true, there is no color in the world winter. Yeah. Um, and so that it, daffodils are one of the earlier flowers that bloom. They've got these, you know, beautiful sunshiny yellow blooms on them. And so that feeling of bringing daffodils into the house and they'll open and they'll bloom. I absolutely love. But when I bring, so I think for me, part of it is the seasonality. Like I mm. love that. I love having, um, you know, like, um, asters and things in the fall that are is again those are a little bit more um midwest but are more fall flowers and just having that kind of changing seasonality yeah um so to me that's a way to celebrate the seasons is to have the flowers of that season and the different smells of the season yeah um but is that something that stresses you when i do that no okay. no i mean we, we've definitely had uh, just to talk times here. yeah no i mean we've definitely had i mean there there's some flowers over there right there are. That's going to go into the second part of what I'm about to talk about. Okay, great. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we've definitely we've had like shows or birthdays where uh, I've gotten flowers. There's a one time where your parents very kindly said like, hey, we would like to get Sarah some flowers. Could you go get them? And that was really fun. They're mm-hmm. sadly closed, but not far from us. There's a, a flower and plant store called uh, Secret Garden. And that was really fun to come in there and just go, I know nothing, but I would like some flowers for my wife and to pick them out and to be, uh, you know, uh, to enjoy the aesthetic of them. And then then when they're here for a while, it was it was really nice. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it is that just sort of stress about um, having something beautiful very quickly turn into work. Mm. I think that's really what it is for me when it's inside the home of like, and now we have to clean them get rid of them like if we had a service where where every two weeks somebody brought in flowers and then they came back the next two weeks later on friday and like well those ones are dying so here's some new ones like and i didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously I, this this sounds like weirdly entitled uh but it, yeah it is it, it is about that it's about the something beautiful turning into another thing i have to do yeah interesting very interesting. Well, I'd like to talk about the flowers that we have on the counter right yeah. now. And because this is a thing that you talk about and that has been an ongoing, despite what I say about flowers, I do have a real push-pull about cut flowers because I love them, but then they're cut and they die. So I totally understand that part. For me, it's more about like, well, but then they ended their life. Um, but mm, it also... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like if we had some sort of like... Can you... <laughs> Can you have flowers in your home, like in a pot? Mm-hmm. And then like they bloom in whatever season and then they go away and then they come back again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I got no problem with that. Yeah. It's the cut flowers. Yeah. See, I I, I, I was <laughs> I tried to be so honest about my ignorance. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's the cut flowers that bother okay. me. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That that absolutely makes sense. And one of the things that, that I do have a hard time with, um, that I think it originally started with a hard time, and it just felt like that feeling of, um, you know, I... I think I have a uh, no surprise to anybody who's listened to many episodes of the podcast. Um, You know, I have a background in history. I have a background and an interest in preservation. So this feeling of like, well, these are a beautiful thing that were given to me. So I shouldn't throw them away. Mm. Um, And it first came up when, you know, it's a tradition with dancers when I was in high school um, a lot of times people give dancers roses. So I would have all these roses. Well, dried rose petals are beautiful. <laughs> My very accommodating parents let me dry all of the roses from our kitchen 
uh, light fixture and they just hung over the <laughs> our kitchen table for, you know, a wow. few months. Um, and, but then I would take them down. And, you know, over the years I've done some things with them. I've made paper using petals and things like that. Um, but there is that like very soon you have more dried petals than you know what to do with. <laughs> and I have stashed a few places in our home boxes of dried flowers. Oh, wow. Not a fire risk at all, right? Well, no more than any of the books that we have. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so there is. So the flowers that are on the counter right now are actually ones that dried and still look beautiful. It's a combination of some roses, but also some greenery that still looks beautiful while it's dried. So I've left it there. It's very nice, actually. I like it. Because I'm like, oh, I like it. And it can be there for, it's been there for, you know, like a month or two. Yeah, that's great. You know, I do, I forget, I did press some flowers. Can you press mm-hmm. roses? Or, yeah, or rose like petals. petals. Rose yeah. petals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I must have had them from like dances or maybe petals off a of corsage. Is that a thing mm-hmm. that's that I I haven't made up? Um, yeah, I've and I've found a couple of them in books that I like. I forgot. Like, what is this living thing? <laughs> it's not living <laughs> anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's a kind of beauty. I like those. Yeah, I like pressed flowers. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know we have boxes of them somewhere. We do. I also put them in random books and then forget about it. And then I'm like, why are there petals all over this bag? Oh, because they're in that book. Okay. <laughs> it is such a little beautiful poetic image if I open the book and the petals fall. <laughs> <laughs> Happens um, more often than you know. Have you ever literally physically stopped to smell roses? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about stops. Like driving along, I see some roses, and I'm going to stop over, the car and pull tires over. Tires screeching. Yeah, but I like... saw a rose. <laughs> okay, actually, I take that back. I have, and this, but this was at work um, because th- there are some roses, and I was um, driving to leave, but I had the windows open, and I was like, "Holy cow! You can smell the roses through the car window." So I did stop and go over and smell them because those are roses that don't last very wow. long. And I was like, "I want to just." get my nose in this scent um i also do that with lilacs like i i I can't go past lilacs without if i'm able to get near them just like stopping and smelling them which wasn't your question stop and smell the lilacs you said that stop and smell rose yes i've stopped to smell roses on multiple occasions but lilacs i i will i will uh i think it's fine to expand the question to lilacs i'm just curious like that that can be uh i think it's one of those pieces of wisdom that is it's so good and so straightforward, but you hear it so much that it can be almost like a little, uh, 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 like a cliche, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and I'm curious, it, I was curious to see if you like literally physically <laughs> did it, which, which you have. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Not only just that phrase, but that, like that actual idea that it's literal, you've, you stop to enjoy something beautiful because it is only here. Uh, for so long you're in the moment you pull over you see a rose and you pull the hell over Mm -hmm. uh, and enjoy it Uh, how do you feel about that concept the concept of stopping to enjoy something while it's there yeah um, I mean, I think it's a good concept. I think it's a lot harder to put into practice, at least for myself. Uh, <laughs> there are many days where I don't stop. I'm like, well, I'm going to stop and do that later. Or, you know, pick those lemons or kumquats or whatever. And then when I do, in what I think is two days later, but is actually three weeks later, they're no longer there. Right. So I've had a lot of experience of like, okay, well, I'm going to do that right. Oh, it's gone. Because that was a fleeting thing and my sense of time got messed up because Mm. I was busy and um, now it's gone. Yeah. 
I think the the uh, it's a beautiful adage, and it, and it makes perfect sense. And I wish we all had as much time as possible to stop and smell the roses. I think for me, what I've been trying to do is uh, alter it slightly to be uh, when you are around a bunch of roses anyway, stop and remember that's where you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, like I, I, I apologize to listeners for uh, the stress that's clearly coming through <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, but I think that's what it is of like, yeah, we all, I think we all understand that wisdom and we want that wisdom. Right. But sometimes we really don't have the time you need to finish what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And I think for me where it has been really helpful is uh, when I'm, already a place that is beautiful or in a position to enjoy something that is around me just to stop for a moment and let that be true right and Mm -hmm. just remind yourself like i have been doing that uh you know in times where like uh i am walking to the grocery store because that's what i need to do and i am kind of stressed but then just like look at the way the sun glints off the palm trees and just like be aware that that is beautiful and that is a part of the what i'm experiencing right now too yeah, yeah, I like that. And I will say that when you first brought it up, my my immediate thought was like, well, of course I have. When we've been at a garden walking past the roses, <laughs> I have stopped to smell the roses. Come on. Like what, what kind of, you know, person do you think I am? I'm not going to stop to smell the roses when I've gone here to see the roses. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. But, do you ignore um, the roses after you've driven in a car <laughs> to a place where there are roses? Right? Yeah. But in terms of the phrase, I absolutely hear what you're saying. And I, I think for myself... Um, no surprise. I like to think of it as a like pause and just enjoy the earth for a yeah. moment. Yeah, I think I really like that. Are there any other sort of uh flower analogies or flower related words of wisdom uh that you like, that you enjoy, that you believe in? Oh my gosh. Um I'm I'm sure there are, but none that are jumping to mind right now. Yeah. I mean we've discussed some of them, but just like the great meaning of them mm-hmm. uh, that they bloom for a short while and you enjoy them while you can and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, and I've never, partic- you know, there's all sorts of like, ooh, the language of the flowers and flower fairy stories and things like that. And, and those aren't things that I've particularly subscribed to. Okay, okay, fair enough. So is there a cultural flower ritual you particularly enjoy? Uh, things like corsages or, or Valentine's Day traditions or uh, sending them to a hospital. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're, they're in our lives in so many different ways where this is an appropriate thing to bring a flower or send a flower. Yeah. Uh, what what of, what of those speak to you? I mean, I, I like the idea of flowers as honestly kind of like flowers are rarely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I like that you can use flowers to commemorate events, to commemorate occasions whether they're happy whether they're sad i i just i do really like that idea i like that concept mm-hmm. um in terms of specific ones i i mean i like the idea of giving dancers flowers <laughs> <laughs> um you know i think that's uh but that's been a part of you the positive experience in your life of being yeah. a dancer that yeah. that's a part of the ritual right yeah and it's not like I'm going to harumph. And I mean, and that's, it's very much part of like the whole like ballet tradition. Right. Is really where I experienced that. You know, is it, uh, in your experience, are they given backstage or thrown on the stage or both? Oh, usually given backstage or yeah. like present, like if it, like we, um, the dance school that I went to, 
um, you know, the graduating seniors were each it was a big thing. Like you went out on stage and the directors of the school gave each graduating senior a dozen roses. And like, oh. it was a big presentation because it yeah. was a big deal. Um, and what, what kind of roses? Um, red. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if there was any like, and now obviously, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, you can only do purple roses or something. <laughs> yes, yeah. Only no. white roses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I really, I really enjoy, I'm, I'm remembering now, uh, throughout my life, the image of just a single rose. Mm-hmm. And like I know that it's very cliched in lots of ways and gets lots of weird, <laughs> different connotations. Um, but I think there's something to me about it that like kind of rose, a rose being like in in my pop culture imagination, like the apex <laughs> flower, the T-Rex of flowers. Like if you want to capture the idea of a flower in a single image, a single rose, flower. Um, I think that power, I think that idea that they're beautiful, but they, they have the thorns, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, you know, as a, as a young person, like, well, that's deep. They're beautiful, but you could be hurt by beautiful things. Like <laughs> it's not complex, but I thought it was pretty deep when I, when I first, uh, thought of it Absolutely. Uh, and heard people talking about it and yeah, maybe from drawing pictures of it. Uh, yeah, I think that there is a power to it of, I love things that are like, let's, how can we take the most large complex collection of ideas and boil them into one simple, small, elegant image. Like Mm -hmm. this is a very weird connection, but it's the same reason that I like uh, t-shirts with one simple distinct image. Cause it's like taking everything that a thing is and boiling it down to one distinct image. And like a single rose is that for me. Yeah. And that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because I feel like a single rose can be both beautiful and can be comic. Yeah. And so that makes a lot of sense for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can be very, very funny. Um, is there a time or event that we're not giving flowers where we should be giving flowers? Hmm. I actually, I like flower. I feel like flowers can be um, like, you know, a lot of people obviously give flowers for birthdays and things, but I, and various other occasions. But why not have like... Here, it's Wednesday. Have a flower. Okay. Like I kind of feel like we could have flowers, not that they need to be. And for me, I love when flowers are, um, in terms of giving them to other people, I love when they are a, a kind of a spontaneous gesture as opposed to an expected mm. gesture. Because um, I think that, to me, that's the fun of it, of like, oh, it, it's the idea of like, oh, I thought of you. And I gave you flowers. Yeah. Rather than you were expecting these, so I'm fulfilling my duty. Right. I I like spontaneous flowers far more than I like dutiful flowers. <laughs> uh, I totally understand that. Of like, yes, I've gotten you flowers. I did the thing. Here's some. Uh, yeah. Right. Here, like, here are my dutiful flowers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, and even in terms of like the types of flowers, like I love a lot of wildflowers more than a lot of the really structured flowers, mm. um, which is maybe similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do like opening night flowers a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I'm sure I've gotten some individually, but I certainly had lots of cast things. And yeah, I think when it's tied to this is this bit of physical beauty to commemorate, you know, uh, something that's blooming <laughs> or, you know, uh, is ending its, its bloom, which mm-hmm. is opening night, closing night flowers. Mm-hmm. It is that, that, that is moments where I have really, uh, enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other time or place. Wouldn't it be weird if uh, that's the way uh, that uh, any food delivery people were tipped? Like, it, <laughs> as well as cash. I'm not trying to start a secondary flower economy. But, like, I'm just so fascinated with, like, that could just be a thing. And if we all did it, we would not think it was remotely weird. If that had just taken on as a fashion of, like, yeah, no, when, when Domino's guy arrives, of course you you tip Domino's person well, but then also you give them, you know, a white rose. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's your daisy. And <laughs> Here's your daisy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be much harder for uh, people who deliver on, you know, like mopeds and things like that. <laughs> but I guess then the they'd be like us. all de- decorated and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think we just, uh, that that's interesting to me of like, uh, where could we inject a little, a little bit of flowers into day-to-day mm-hmm. life? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and for some reason, I think pizza delivery. All right. Here's a very important question. Yeah. There's, of course, the Batman villain, Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. who controls, you know, all sorts of plant life, which, of course, includes flowers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like a Batman villain who is specifically obsessed with flowers? Like, Poison Ivy, you're covering all of it. So <laughs> I'm going to be a new Batman villain who really zeroes in and specializes on flowers in particular. Oh, Yeah. I feel like that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many possibilities there. Yeah. See, I keep now uh, uh, remembering different cultural associations I have with flower. Flower, comedy flowers that squirt things. Mm-hmm. I like those. And I think this this flower villain would be just covered. Right? <laughs> in right? squirty flowers. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, like, I don't know if they're technically considered flowers or not, but you've got like Venus flytraps. Ooh, is that a flower? I don't know. Might be considered a plant, but I feel like it's, but there are a lot of plants that do have, so we'll, I don't know specifically for that one, but there are plants that have beautiful flowers that are specifically designed to like lure insects in that then crush down they yeah or they like die in the um nectar that's inside (laughs) and then that creates the food for the flower like there are vicious vicious flowers out there how do you feel about murder flowers fascinated (laughs) kind of maybe happy i i don't know yeah just fascinated by them yeah it's just so that, that that's a great like space fantasy image to imagine if there was like somebody went to a human, you know, traveled to this exotic planet and there were just monster huge flowers that just the, you know, the beautiful smell traveled for miles and a color you've never seen before. And you're so intoxicated and you get close and you're just like, uh, sorry, you're you're stuck in our flower sap and that's it. Right. Here's your life now. It, look, at least it was a beautiful death. Yeah. Stop and smell the roses forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, I always get excited about things when you can attach it to uh, pop culture, pretty much. Large, weird (laughs) genre storytelling. Then I'm all in. Can large flowers murder you on alien planets? Then I'm all about it. Uh, If I always wore a flower in my lapel anytime I wore any sort of a suit or anything with a lapel, uh, what kind of flower do you think I should pop in there? Mm, wow, that's a nice question. I mean, uh, carnations were kind of classic for a long time. What is a, how is a carnation different from a rose? Or is it a kind of a rose? No, they're different flowers. Right, a rose is a rose is a carnation is not a saying. <laughs> so a carnation has um, like little tufts. It has a lot of little Ooh. tufts, <laughs> if that makes sense. Whereas like a rose, like the, the, the petals are tufted together. Okay. Whereas a rose has like, the layers 
of um, like you can see all the different layers yeah. of the petals, but they're not tufted. Usually, is the the lily of the valley, which I know you like, mm-hmm. is, is that that's a flower, right? It is a flower. Okay. Yeah. How would that work? Would that be would that work in a lapel? Maybe. I mean, you've got the. Uh, depends on if you have the the green part of it as well. The also known as the leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that would work because otherwise you would you it would fall down. But um, uh, my like a pansy. That's like that would be a good one for. Um, it might be a little. I don't know what different sizes there are. Um, marigolds maybe. Ooh, marigolds, that... uh, big circular yellow. Lots of little. Yeah, we have some growing out on our balcony wall right now. They're just green. And okay. we have the little ones. We have green marigolds? Well, the, it's just leaves because oh, they've, okay. they've died. So. Ah, yes, the green part. Yeah, yes. yeah. But they, um, and we have the little ones, not the big ones. So that would be maybe an option. And, uh, flower-wise, what is a pansy? It is, um, um, uh, it's one of the edible flowers. So you often oh. find them in grocery stores and they have, um, they're very, they're a very distinct looking flower okay. um, that I'm ha- not just having a hard time describing. Okay. Um, they can be pressed well. They look kind Ooh. of similar to um, like violets, okay. but, bi- but much bigger. And they come Pansies in a lot are of- big. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, they're not really big. I'm sure they come in different sizes, but like maybe two to three inches. And they come in a wide variety of colors. So I feel like you could be like, am I feeling, you know, purple today? Am I feeling yellow today? An edible purple pansy on my lapel that is just a fun sentence to say now when you when you say a flower is edible which you uh experimented with early in your life (laughs) does that just mean i can eat them without dying or are there actual like nutrients could you survive on a pansy if uh you know there was a zombie apocalypse and you were really looking for food and you found a pansy you'd be like great i can make Mm -hmm. it another day I am not a botanist, so I do not know, <laughs> uh, or a nutritionist, or whoever would know the answer to that. But okay. they, I mean, the ones that you don't want, the ones that will not kill you that you can eat, like rose petals, um, pansies get sold a lot to like decorate cakes. Mm. Um, but they can have a little bit of like a specific flower. I mean, it's a flower, a specific flavor. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Not all of them. Sometimes it just feels like you're eating it for the show of it. Okay. Um, but some do have a specific flavor. But of course, like anything, you want to make sure you get it from a source where you know where it's coming from. It doesn't have pesticides on it. But like lavender flowers are edible. So okay. you have, you can do like, you know, in fact, I have some um, some edible lavender, which sounds like something it's not. But truly what it is, is it's just, it's made without pesticides or grown without pesticides. So you know you can use it like in lavender tea cakes and okay. cocktails and things like that right 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 you can just like uh put some petals in there mm-hmm. nice nice uh i think if i was gonna have a flower in my in my lapel mm-hmm. the the edible purple pansy in my lapel is very attractive uh but also just to be totally obsessed with pop culture i do love the idea of the blue rose from twin peaks the mm-hmm. A symbol for a case that is uh, uh, maybe not of this world because the blue rose is not of this world, right? That's not that's something I only learned from Twin Peaks that there are no blue roses in nature. So since I learned it from Twin Peaks, I maybe want to check that if it's true or not. There are not any that I'm aware of. I'm pausing because I went to a garden specifically because, except I was at the wrong time of year, which I knew because there was a blue flower that doesn't bloom many places and they're like and we have the blue one Mm. but it wasn't roses okay 
Yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Lavender would also be an excellent choice for your lapel. Okay. Can I eat it? Right? That's an edible one. As, yeah. I mean, not the green part, but the petals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't eat the green. Yeah. Got it. And Got I'll, it. I'll come up and smell them a lot because I like the smell of lavender as well. <laughs> so uh, if you could wear a flower in your hair all the time, like obviously mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. but if, uh, if that was something that just really fit into your life and you were, had a flower in your hair every day, what kind of flowers would you want to have in your hair? Ooh, so many. <laughs> I mean, lavender, certainly. Lilies of the Valley would be a good one. Um, I mean, if it were like, this is a special occasion and I'm wearing a big old flower, I would put a peony in my hair. <laughs> uh, peonies for people who are not aware can be, they're usually pink. I think they can be white also. And they also have like layers and layers and layers of petals. I've learned I'm not very good at describing flowers, but they, they, they can be like a, they, they're kind of a big ball. Okay. Um, but there would be a little dangerous to put in my hair because they're uh, notorious for, um, ants like them. <laughs> so you can have ants like crawling all over your hair um i mean daisies how could you not have a daisy chain yeah part of the time if you're gonna have flowers daisies are pretty great yeah yeah um i don't know how it would work in your hair but i like i really like scented geraniums okay um which i guess the scent comes from the leaves so i would need a combination of the leaves and the flowers so it's more about the leaves well you could have a whole like a whole geranium wreath yeah yeah Yeah. do you like wearing uh flowers in your hair I don't do it very often. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we've kind of like done it jokingly when we're looking at flowers, like jokingly put it in your hair. You've jo- definitely jokingly put flowers in my hair. Yeah. Yeah. And like I've worn flowers in my hair for um, like for dance performances. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've danced with a lot of different types of groups over the years. And for some of them, it is, um, you know, the costumes would include flowers. Or yeah. Like usually fake flowers, obviously, like big old giant headpieces of fake flowers yeah um i got very excited about that you did <laughs> it's just a fun of fun bold aesthetic you know yeah there's a lot of flair and mood and mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right okay uh you have a large collection of flowers that we need to try out in your hair yeah i know what i'm doing tomorrow <laughs> uh do you have any other big picture thoughts uh about flowers that you wanted to share before we move on um I I just I encourage people to find what flower makes them happy and why or to just be like I don't need a why. Yeah. I just I like that shape, I like that smell, I like that color. Yeah, no. Uh I do I like it when it has come up in like uh research for a script where like I need the name of a flower. That's another way that flowers have been in my life. Of like a rose isn't right, a daisy isn't right. Like what kind of flower is just right for this character to say or talk about uh and I kind of, I almost feel that way now of like, uh, when I do that every once in a while, I guess that's a, a time that I don't stop to smell the roses, but I stop to internet search the flowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stop to Google the flowers. Uh, and that is, uh, that's a nice way to engage with them. And I feel like the way I feel when I do that is how I'm feeling now is we talk about them. If it's nice to just think about them and think about the flowers that I uh, might be able to remember in the future. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun for me. You know, and it's a thing where I, like I said, kind of have had my ups and downs with how much I pay attention to or think about flowers. And I'm sure it's more now because uh, I do work around them a lot. But it's been really fun for me. And you're like, oh, I've been reading about this flower. Are there any of them nearby? And then I'm like, yes. And next time we go for a walk and go past this house, I'm going to sh- point them out to you. Uh, at Descanso Gardens, which we talk about a lot, which mm-hmm. we like very much, um, and our members, that that big field, uh, that is that the tulips, 
Oh, what kind of near the entrance? Yeah, yeah. yeah they specifically plant fl- tulips. By the way, they're blooming right now. They they just announced on oh, social okay. media that it's it's peak tulip time. This is the thing. Like, if you follow as many gardens or any gardens, but the, a lot of them are really good about pointing out, like, oh, it's peak this time. It's peak this time. So, right. um, and isn't there some big field of uh of flowers that like uh there's traffic jams by because like the all the Instagram people are taking the photos at the same time? Oh at, yeah, at one that's point. The, that's the tulips. That's the tulips. Mm-hmm. But isn't there something outside of uh, L.A. Because like one of your birthdays, oh. we were going to drive to a place to see the the blank yeah blooming, but we were concerned there'd be too many influencers. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a it's a thing here. It, the super blooms. Um, which there have been a few of. And um, because my birthday's in the spring, it's often around my birthday. And those are for poppies. Poppies. Yeah. So California poppy, which is um, kind of an orange poppy. But also there's um, some other flowers that are usually within these reserves. And there a few of the years, they're, like, they're blooming now. They've been um, popping up uh, on social media. And, um, and people go see them in person also. But... Um, if the the um, the situation is right for the amount of rain that they get and when they get heat and kind of all of that, then you get the super bloom years, which is like instead of some of the flowers, like all of the flowers, and you can see like whole carpets of right. poppies, and you know, like you'll get it with um, and they're like if, orange, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like the sea of orange. Right? Yeah, yeah, and there's a purple flower that is in a lot of like the Anzamarago. Um, fields i think have i don't think it's lupine but i want to say lupine but anyway it's a purple flower is wisteria a plant it is yes yes we got to see wisteria last year for my birthday and that was just fantastic it was really cool yeah yeah that one was very very beautiful i like wisteria sign me up for the wisteria (laughs) fan club (laughs) you could wear wisteria in your hair i would wear wisteria in my hair or on my lapel can i eat wisteria i don't know i'll find out okay let's try uh can you make a noise to sum up your interest in flowers? That <laughs> sounded like a Mario sound effect, a Super Mario video game sound effect of a flower blooming. I liked it. Thank you. Very good. And uh, let's rate the obsession on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Where do you think your flower obsession is at? <laughs> well, after this conversation, um, yeah, went way up. I'm I'm going to give myself a seven and a half okay maybe even an eight yeah well it sounds like something that is clearly always been in your life something that you love something that you have a really great productive reason to engage with at work which is really awesome and we're very very lucky to have lots of opportunities uh to see specific flowers and (laughs) get emails of like hey (laughs) this flower is blooming so come on by Mm -hmm. we're very very lucky for that yeah yeah Um, i'm gonna bump myself up to a full eight where would you put yourself not being sure going into this if you had any interest or obsession i guess maybe uh, i think maybe a six or a seven uh but i realize now it's because you know, when I think of like flowers, when we talked about this, it's like, this is great. This will be a me interview you episode um, of the podcast. But I think they are because when I stop to think about my own relationship with flowers, I'm like, OK, great. I got nothing. Uh, but then when I start to think of honestly, all of the sort of truths about them and analogies and metaphors we've built up about them from the complex and the beautiful to the, you know, very straightforward of, yes, roses have thorns. Um they 
are kind of they're they're very very present in my life even though i don't think of myself as a flower person it's not a priority <laughs> mm-hmm. you know uh and i clearly have some anxiety about cut flowers no thank you for the correct terminology <laughs> but i think just the number when i start thinking about the number of like moments in storytelling and philosophy and uh that they have uh woven their way into my life more than i thought nice yeah i, I, I don't like think that. that i'm thinking about them but i am clearly thinking about them yeah that's what i've discovered also yeah yeah what a nice revelation so uh the uh the plugging section of the podcast is now going to be in full bloom for a very short time so uh <laughs> where can people find you in photos of flowers yeah well i will start posting more fo- photos of flowers i can be found on twitter at uh sarah underscore scrim shaw <laughs> and <laughs> This is why I <laughs> messed up on Instagram at Scrim Street. <laughs> uh, do not feel bad. I know you were conflating your two different handles. Uh, uh, it, it did sound for just a moment like you forgot your last name, which I know is not what happened. But I told you off air and people who listen to the podcast heard it. Uh, obviously, I do the Star Wars podcast that I talk about a lot, uh, primarily with my partner there, Ken Napsok. Uh, Jennifer Landa has rejoined us for some episodes as well. But a ton of the Four Center podcasts, uh, we start by saying the name of the podcast and then our names, and then the other person says their names. And I was hosting one of the episodes, and I was like, okay, we really need to, you know, make sure that we keep moving on this episode. Uh, and I was supposed to say, hey, well, welcome to Four Center. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And then I was got ahead of myself in thinking, and then Ken's going to say, I'm Ken Napsock, and then I'm going to say this. So I was like, welcome to Four Center. I'm Ken Na- No. I'm not. I'm not. I just got so ahead of myself. Foot on the old podcast gas. I so understand. So I relate. Anyway, you can follow me, Joseph Scrimshaw, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out that Star Wars podcast I co-host called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows, comedy albums, stuff like that, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Here are some final questions. If you could light something on fire with your mind, what would it be? Ooh. Um, um, paper boats on the ocean. <laughs> that is a weird and beautiful image. I yeah, like or like on the river. I just, they're really pretty. Yeah. When they, yeah, just. And they won't cause a fire. <laughs> <laughs> the river will take care of the flames eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a strikingly beautiful image. Uh, if there was one activity you could skip forever, what might it be? Ooh, um, I mean, washing dishes. <laughs> so it came to mind first, so I'll stick with that one. Okay, washing dishes. How would you want that to be skipped? Like if you had options, if you're like, okay, your your wish is going to be magically granted. It could be that you do have to wash dishes, but you like fast forward through it or like you're in a haze and you don't know that's what you're doing. Or they could just magically wash themselves or there could be uh, uh, spirits that come at night and wash the dishes. How would you want it to be accomplished magically that you never had to do dishes? I want to just be like, OK, here's the place on the counter where you put them. And then they are magically washed and put away. And I will say, like, I know dishwashers are a thing. I, I do realize this. <laughs> it isn't quite magic. And, but um, 
But yeah, that I don't want it to be that somebody else comes in and does them because then Not I would just spirits. feel guilty. Yeah, you don't want yeah, dishwashing that, spirits. I don't want dishwashing guilt. <laughs> um, I just want it to be like there's a magic, like we lucked out, we got the magic, you know, apartment and we just put them on this place in the counter. They're cleaned. They go back in the in the cupboard. They're all ready to use again. They've been, you know, no no things, no people, no plants, no flowers have been harmed right. in the cleaning of these dishes. Just the magic spot. Yep. <laughs> Final question as always is what is happiness? Is it the dishwasher magic spot? <laughs> I was going to jump back. I was going to say it's sitting by a field of lavender and just watching the breeze whistle through the lavender yeah. blossoms. And then when you get hungry, just dive in, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just jumping through a field of lavender. That is <laughs> happiness to me. Uh, thank you all very, very much uh, for listening. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for sharing uh, so much insight and knowledge with me. It was really, really fun uh, to slow down and talk about flowers. Thank you all for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay, so I know that you um, talk about Star Wars a lot. Yes. But we didn't get a chance to include Star Wars today. So is there a favorite flower that you've seen in the Star Wars universe that you wish existed in ours? The entire planet of Felucia. It's a just a bunch of big flowers. Ooh. Ooh, and I got another one. Bacta. <laughs> Bacta is a thing you can farm. I don't know if it's a flower. Anyway, I'm going to stop now.